Yo, 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 my Hanyox. It's Friday. We made it to the end of the week, y'all. We made it through uh, March, the first few days of March Madness. But the madness is just beginning. And on that note, welcome to Rambling Viking, where we've got more madness for you. Before you go into your weekend, let's get through some quick announcements. First and foremost, join my March Madness Bracket Challenge. Link in the description, link on Facebook, link on the bio, on, on Instagram. I will shout it from the rooftops. If you need me to send you the link to join the group, make your bracket, go up against us, see how you measure up. You can make up to three brackets too. So I've got it set up. So you got three chances. So you can have fun with it. I've got my main bracket. I've got my upset bracket where I try and pick the upsets. And then I don't know what my other bracket was. <laughs> but I named them something. Feel free to give your bracket a clever name, uh, but get excited about that. March Madness coming up here right around the corner. So we've got conference championships going on. They're really exciting. Uh, Big 12 championship is going to be so good this year, and I wish I could go, but I can't. I'm going to be watching high school basketball, state championship stuff, and that'll be still really, really exciting. Got to watch a lot of high school basketball this year, and man, it's fun. Well, and you know, our friend's a coach, and so uh, after we went to several games, we start to know that, you know, we recognize and know the kids, know the players. <laughs> Look at me being a fan. And it's cool. Especially once you know the players, you, you have a little bit more of a connection. So I've got a couple friends and been to a number of high school basketball games. It's been a lot of fun. Been a ton of fun. Other announcement. Connor, the right-hand Hanyak, the one and only, is writing a book. So if you don't know, he's uh, Connor. Sorry, I'm going to butcher this. But he's starting his own business, and I, I, the easy way I explain it is I tell people he does consulting for small business owners to help them start, run, operate um, their business to be as successful as possible and to ideally set up a business that one day will work for them so they don't have to uh, work, for, work for it in perpetuity. And essentially, uh, that's what his book is going to be about. He's releasing a book and he needs your help. He needs everyone's help right now because part of this goal is to write this book is to help kind of get him on the map in this world. He's doing it. First and foremost, he's doing interviews. So if you own a small business or know someone, you can refer him and I'll put a link to, uh, he's got a face, he's got a Facebook group. That is the book launch group. I'll put a link to that. But in short, his book releases March 15th is going to be when it, I think the pre-launch sale. So when it first goes on sale, it won't be done yet. It'll, it'll still be, I think, a couple months out from being completed. But that's the first day that it goes on sale. For how much you say? 99 cents. That is correct. The low, low price of 99 cents, a buck. You, surely you have a buck you can throw around. We've all probably spent at least that or more on some stupid app on our phone. So we can do something to A, support a small business and, and help his small business get off the ground, support him. And honestly, I want to read this book because what he's doing is he's, is, is, you know, he hasn't been in this game super long. So he's trying to get his start, but he knows his stuff. So what does he do for this book? He leans on the knowledge, expertise, and experience of small business owners who have been in the game across the spectrum. He's been doing countless interviews for the past, for weeks now. And that's why I say, if you know someone, send them his way. And he's, and he's, and he's taking their experience, their knowledge, compiling it in this book, and then putting it together in a neat, concise form to say, hey, here's how you start a business, um, not just a job, right? And is the premise, maybe the title, I hope I'm not spoiling this, Connor. (laughs) 
my bad. But that's what he's doing. And it's 99 cents. But he needs a good kickstart on that release date, March 15th. Mark your calendars. If, you, if this is something you want to support, go spend a buck on March 15th to try and get him up in the ranks, get him uh, at, on that bestseller list. That's vitally important, especially in the world of books, but, specific, but not just in this aspect, not just for this book, but even for his business as a whole. So go support a small local business if you're in Oklahoma, which most of you are, I believe. And uh, March 15th, be on the lookout for that. I'll be posting and hopefully he'll come on the show and he can explain it better than I probably messed it up right there. Um, We're going to get him on the show before that launch date and he can break down the whole thing, talk about what he's doing at large, let him flesh out all those details. And we look forward to having him on the show, but I'm going to be announcing that every episode from here on out at the beginning and the end, and I'm going to be annoying about it. So if nothing else, do like the, the, um, unjust ruler did in the parable of the Bible where the widow came to him and always was incessantly saying, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And he finally said, you know what? I don't respect God or man, but so you'll just freaking leave me alone. I'll bring, I'll give you your justice. Um, because you were bothering me to no end and persistence is the lesson there. Uh, but also more so that, you know, if some, if you can, if, if you can get justice from someone who doesn't respect you and doesn't want to give you justice, doesn't care for you at all by mere persistence, how much more, you know, is God going to give you, um, give you what you need, right. And take care of you and give you when you ask right now, there's, you can go in that, go into that with the wrong mindset that can be misinterpreted looking at you, Joel Osteen, but that's a little bit beside the point point is Uh, I'm going to be here. So if you're like, you know what, because you said it 14,000 times, I'm going to do it. Right. So let's help, let's help launch, um, launch Connor into the stratosphere, March 15th, get his book off the ground. Um, and then when you do get it, read it, review it, do all that stuff, get his business rocking and rolling. Because I think that's something that we all, a lot of us look at it. And I mean, shoot, look at me with these podcasts, right? We want to be able to start, operate, run our own business, but it is a gauntlet and it is so hard. So that's why if you're like me, you really do like to, I mean, I I will go out of my way to support local or support small business. Um, and spend a little bit more money or go through the process. It, it's something I value more and more as I get older and become closer to that old, I get whiffs of my old manness, right? And you're like, ah, I get it now. <laughs> so anyways, go do that. Caleb, I know you don't listen, but happens chance you are. Do it, do it, Caleb, do it. March 15th, 99 cents, that's it. You couldn't ask like, He's going out of his way to make this as accessible as possible. It's like me with the gym, right? I'm like, if nothing else, get a membership and just go every day. And you don't even have to, I don't care what you do. Just go and do something, even if it's five minutes. That's essentially what he's saying here. He's like, look, that's all he's asking. That launch day, March 15th, it goes live. You go drop 99 cents and we get, you know, a hundred people, a few hundred people. Who knows? But we need, we need lots of help. So. Or he needs lots of help. I'm talking we. I'm like I'm in this. <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh, last announcement. Sorry, guys. This went long. Went big tangent. That was the first time announcing it. So from here, it'll be on. Be short. So if you're still with me, blessings from tragedy. The first official episode is live today, and it is Rachel's experience of going, getting shoved into online school with uncaring professors during the scamdemic. And that's a fun term. Might keep using that. 
and her, she details her struggle, how she made it through. And I'm thinking about doing a follow-up episode because now it's been almost two years since that horrible experience that she made it through. And she's about to finish RT school, become a respiratory therapist and to look back and to be like, you know, how did that help you and push you and, 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 you know, where, see how you've grown since then. So let me know if you'd like me to do that on maybe some kind of reflections, but blessings from tragedy. First episode is live today. If you've already listened to that, I don't expect you to go listen to it again, but I honestly kind of want to go listen to it again. Um, you should too, but if you haven't heard that story, go check it out. It's, it's, I think it encapsulates what so many students, what I would say most students, but especially students like her went through and some are still going through, right? And how COVID school just screwed everything up, everything, everything. And especially if you're someone who needs to learn in person, you know, more tactile type learner, got to be engaged that way, sitting there looking at a screen and then your professors got lazy too. That's what it is. Like half her professors were like, I'm not going to try. Like, just read the book, just read the notes. And she's like, I have read the notes. This isn't helping, but. Uh, go support that show. If not, if nothing else, just go share the post to share it around to people who haven't heard. If you're a good Hanyak, a member of the Hanyak Horde has been around for a while, then, you know, and you, you probably listen to all of them, but these first, these first ones, just go share them, share them around and be encouraged by um, people's struggles and the good things that actually came out of their struggles. So let's get into, let's get into the show today then, I guess. I don't, I don't like to I don't, I don't know. I have problems with people are like, all right, we've got to do an awesome first or whatever. And like Paul Saladino, Carnivore MD, his first nine minutes are ads. Like I got through and I was like, okay, let me fast forward a couple minutes. And then I start listening. I was like, okay. And then I realized he's still reading ads. I get to five minutes, still reading ads, seven minutes, nine minutes. And now his were pure ads, like pure sponsorships. Minor announcements about the show, talking about stuff. I, f- I still feel like it's somewhat relevant. If my opening rambling is too long or too too drug out please please let me know i'll tighten that up i got good feedback one time on a story from shane took that to heart and i think it made me a better storyteller so i want to be the best podcaster i can i want to be undeniably good so keep that coming good news um i am vegan adjacent is what i'm calling it heard something great yesterday where someone's like you know, the joke is I'm, I'm vegan and he's not. And he says, well, I'm not vegan, but the animals I eat are vegan. And then that got me thinking, aha, you nailed it. And so I was like, that makes me vegan adjacent as a carnivore over here. I was like, huh, because, and then that's what I'm dubbing it. Now, I, a couple episodes ago, Paul Saladino brought how like in some way, shape or form, actually, when, with, when it comes to the ethos of veganism, that carnivores and animal based people who do, you know, who, who eat regeneratively, if you don't know what that means, look it up, regenerative farming, all that good stuff, agriculture, they are actually more vegan in the ethos aspect than a vegan is because it's, they, they, we eat, we try and eat out of the natural life cycle of things, not monocrop agriculture, stuff like that, you know, hippy dippy type talk. But on this aspect, I like this from the practical aspect, I'm just vegan adjacent. All right. I eat all the all the animals all the stuff from it but my animals most of them really they're vegan now they've only been vegan since they weaned got weaned off their mama but they are vegan at least vegetarian so i 
I don't know, checks out to me. So uh, where my vegan adjacent people at, that's a merch idea. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I feel like just the, there's, I've got so many merch ideas and I just don't have the ability or I don't know, the capital, whatever you want to call it to just, I haven't found a good way to be able to put this out for a very, very low cost. And, and, and on the design front too, I could definitely use some help on that. Now my wife's pretty good at that on Canva, but man, shirt vegan adjacent. And then in small print is like, I'm not vegan, but the animals I eat are. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm sad that I can't remember who, who I'm quoting that from, but it's hilarious and I love it. So shout out to my vegan adjacent people. Uh, shoot me a message, comment on the, on the episode, this episode post something, send me a Snapchat, Shane, let's talk about our vegan adjacentness and, uh, start, start lighting up people's world be like, Oh, I'm vegan adjacent. And see what, what does that even mean? And be like, Oh, well, all the animals I eat are vegan and say it with a straight face and just like pause and let that silence go. And watch, and I guarantee you, you'll get a good scowl, you get stank eye, uh, something like that, or um, who knows, maybe they'll shout at you or something and freak out because their hormones are out of whack because they're vegan. <laughs> so yeah, there's a new term for you, something to flaunt around. I love it. Okay, we're going to get into, let's keep, let's keep this thing rolling. So shout out, I want to give a quick shout out. Shout out to and respect to Pete Buttigieg. Sorry, we're going to get a little political here, but I'm going to keep it. We'll keep it funny. If you didn't hear, obviously East Palestine is in Flint, Michigan level, water level problems with this train thing. All right. It's a whole ordeal. I'm not getting into all the details. Plenty of people are covering that and they know and they can cover it better than me. What I'm going to hone in on is the obvious two weeks it took for the Secretary of Transportation for the United States. Look, I get that's a lot of roads and a lot of stuff that transports that you got to oversee. But I feel like when there's big tragedies, and this is a politics thing, right? You need to show up immediately. Show up, be there, even though most of the time they're not really doing anything, but you show up and it kind of signifies like, hey, we're here, we're on the scene, we've got people working on it, I'm going to be here to support people, answer questions, do press conferences, that sort of thing, right? Like we just had some tornadoes the other night, some of Norman got tore up, OU football team is there and they're helping people clean up. I saw Brent Venables like carrying trash away and like now he's actually doing something. And even then, you know, like, okay, that's like a nice gesture, but it's, it, but it does kind of rally everyone. And because you, especially when you are in the spotlight like that, or maybe you're a pillar of the community, what, what have you. So it's important to do that, right? So obviously King paternity leave over here. He, you know, took his sweet time and if you would have just shown up and been like, look, I'm here, you know, it took two weeks, say whatever excuse you need to say, and then just go on with it and be like, let's get this solved. But the ineptitude continues. And I don't know if you heard, and maybe I can find this story, but he, they were asked about how he's handling this situation. And he gave a statement crediting his eight years, his experience as a small town mayor for eight years as being vitally important to giving him the experience to be able to handle this tragic situation of a rail car, you know, of, of a railway, railroad, whatever you want to call it, accident, derailment, that is a, causing a, a local crisis, but, on a, but is a national scale. So that's right. Your podunk small town mayorship really 
really gave you a lot of experience to prepare you to be the Secretary of Transportation for the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I trained a person once, so I am fully equipped to be the head Olympic strength and conditioning coach. You know, my experience, personal training, Mima on the weekends back in Oklahoma really, really put me in strong position. You know, it gave me a lot of valuable experience that I'm able to now best facilitate in my position as head strength and conditioning coach for, <laughs> for our Olympic teams, okay? Or it's like being like, oh, I coached fourth grade basketball, you know, for five years. And so that's what prepares me to be team USA coach in the Olympic. Everyone would laugh you out of the room off the planet, probably definitely out of the room, out of the state, out of the country, out of the Olympics, probably onto a spaceship, a SpaceX one, hopefully. And then straight to Mars, you would be involuntarily selected to be launched to Mars because you know what? I think we're going to be all right without you. And you could maybe almost argue that, you know what, I think it's maybe better, like, you're showing, oh, you're so stupid, you're expendable. And this, this it brings up a secondary point, which I heard some people talking about on Joe Rogan, surprise, surprise, talking about how you see time and time again these, the silliness that happens at the highest level. And it's important to remind yourself that a lot of these people at the top, they are just the same stupid, dumb people that we are. But most of them went to law school. They shook the right hands, kissed the right babies, and now they're in that good position. Really, all they're better at in a lot of ways is marketing. And we don't need to go through and name names, AOC, Pete Buttigieg, anyone else on the squad. I mean, most of the politicians out there, George Santos. I mean, most of these guys, right? Because what became the running joke once, once Donald Trump was president and became public enemy number one, it was, wow, this guy's gone bankrupt 17 million times. And it's like, yeah, but he's still somehow successful. So it's like he's weirdly doing something right, even though he seems wildly inept. Like he, there is some talent and skill there. And it's, I guess it's just a culture of kind of failing upward. If you don't know what that means, it means like you suck, but then you somehow suck your way into, um, into a better position. <laughs> But it's true. And when it comes to politics, especially when it comes to politics, especially. But yeah, I hope all I could do with that when I heard that was laugh. And I literally I turn voice dictation on on my notes. I do that now when I'm in the car and I just scream at my phone when I have an idea, because that's what I do is I have an idea. I'm like, "Mm, podcast topic, need to write that down. But I'm driving. So I want to be responsible. So I just open the note, voice dictation. And it's pretty funny what comes out. It usually gets it right enough that I can read what's happening. but. It's just like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's what I wrote down to here was, so I already gave those other two examples. The first example came to mind. It was like, he's basically being that person who is unironically saying, oh, when they're talking to someone with kids and they're like, oh, and people with kids are talking about, you know, whatever issue, right? And it's like, oh, you know, I get that. I have a dog. And then it gets real quiet like that. And the people with kids look at you like that. I. I don't think you understand what you just said. Um, I'm waiting for you to say, ah, no, I'm just kidding. Kids are way different than dogs. Don't get me wrong. There are similar general aspects, but I think we all agree. It's kind of silly to be like, oh yeah, no, I, or it's, it's just not smart to say really, oh, I get that. I have a dog or I have dogs because I have dogs and no kids. And I definitely, there's plenty of similarities, 
But I understand that having a kid is so much, is, is an nth to the nth degree. It's a taller order. And so I don't make stupid statements like that to my friends with kids, unless I'm saying it sarcastically, tongue in cheek, you know, and that's basically what he did was like, oh, shows up two weeks late to this. uh, I keep on saying plane crash, train crash that's devastated East Palestine, Palestine. I don't know. I think it's Steen. Stupid. Why do we got to use? Can we not get creative? We get creative with people names. Can we not get creative with town names we don't need 17 we don't need you know 17 different places called you know guthrie or whatever you know like there's a paris texas there's an earth texas like really guys we can do better we can do so much better than this i've I've seen some of i've seen some of the to be nice creative they're horrible names out there that and 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 the just straight up butchering of of names out there for, for people, for real life people, for that parents give to their children. We couldn't do any better than towns. And so it's like, what's that one place in the middle East Palestine? All right, we're gonna be Palestine, but spelled exactly the same. Cool. That won't confuse anyone. Miami, Oklahoma looks like Miami. Usually only your Okies really get that. And I guess anyone who lives in the Southwest, Southeast, Northwest corners of Arkansas, Missouri, and Kansas. Did you like that? Was that impressive? It wasn't that impressive, but yeah, two weeks late, see the train crash, say, don't worry, everybody. I was once a mayor in a small town in Indiana for eight years, so I know exactly how to handle this situation. Dealt with this all the time, (laughs) which if you dealt with that all the time, I would say maybe you were a bad mayor, (laughs) but that's essentially what got said. And it's just like, okay, idiots are running our country. Yeehaw, which I mean, it's been that way and we can say that both ways. So let's not kid ourselves here, but wow. Special kind of like, it's like, all right, you already showed up late to class. Don't screw it up anymore. And then you take your pants off in the middle of class, start peeing on the floor. It's like, Oh, so we just took this to a whole nother level. I'm not speaking from experience, but Shane might be, um, Shane, was that, was that you? Was that, or is that your friend Ricky from when it was back way back when they had one room schoolhouses, it was first through seventh grade, you know, it was like 1846 or something like that. I think is roughly, roughly the date. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. All right. Switching gears. I got to find a transition. Help me figure out my transitions. Maybe I'll just go next. I have an update, life update for you guys. I am officially that old man who is on a mission, has made it part of my life purpose to find out what dog or dogs are continually pooping on my lawn and then catch them, shoo them off, talk to their owners, get them to stop pooping on my lawn. You know, there's always that classic joke of neighbor's dog comes over, poops on the lawn, and it's like kind of vindictive. I'm ne- I've never been that uptight. Until I was mowing the lawn a couple days ago. Yeah, felt weird. Felt weird to be mowing the lawn in February, but here we are. And I'm going to need to mow it again, probably next week. And as I'm mowing, I find not one, not two, not three, but five plus piles of doo-doo. And my dogs are not outside, out front. They're only, they're going from the front door to the car to the car to the front door. They don't wander long enough to drop some turds. They don't start doing their little circle and then boom, squat, 
and drop. So I'm here and I'm like, and I, and I, I find like the fifth one and I go, that's it. What the freak is going on? And my first thought is, all right, we got to turn. We're going to have to adjust the sensitivity on the doorbell cam. I'm going to start checking those clips and I got to find out whose dog is coming over here and freaking pooping all over my lawn. Cause like, I honestly, I don't mind like one turd, maybe even two. And even if it's all the time, it's like, look, there's always that one, you know, there's that one spot that one dog goes once it's whatever. I'm not that anal about my grass, but it feels to me to, to, to have an acceptable amount of rage at like multiple, numerous, a number of, a multitude of turds in my front yard, none of which belong to any animals I own. That to me feels like I'm justified in my rage a little bit or upsetness, frustration, whatever word you want to use. So. Yeah, I am officially now getting pre, I didn't, I didn't expect to get this much of my old man whiff, as I'm calling it, my whiffs of old manness, particularly this one. I didn't, I didn't expect to get this one sub 30. I figured this was easily like late thirties, maybe into my forties when I'd start getting, getting these symptoms of old manness. Here I am, 29 and spry, still building bone mineral density for what month is it? Nine more months. I got one baby's, one pregnancy's worth of bone mineral density of, of time to build my, my bone density. And then it's just a slow decline and it's maintain, maintain, maintain. Yet here I am encapsulating, not literally because I haven't done this, but being on my front porch, yelling at people to keep their dogs off my lawn. And I did, I did do a quick sweep of my door, doorbell footage. No evidence came up, so pretty sad. But uh, I figured we'll just drop $1,000, get the whole camera system, floodlights, all that stuff. And uh, we'll just do that, right? I'm not, I'm not quite to that stage of old manness yet. Not quite. <laughs> no, definitely not setting traps. Because the other thing is, too... Some of them, I'm like, these could be some of these cats around the neighborhood, but I feel like they be they poop in the planter, the empty planters that we have out front, and so it feels weird they poop a foot away. And it looked a little bit big for cat turds. They might be cat turds though, but nothing. I have no I have no footage of this yet, and so I'm upset about that. I'm trying to the mystery continues. My old man rage grows as I come into this new stage of grown man, old man uh, habits. And, and, and level up, essentially, and, you know, in the world of Pokemon and first evolution of going from young man to old man, I guess. Pretty er- feels pretty early, but we're here. We're here. So uh, what old man tendencies do you have? Not talking to you, Shane. That's all your tendencies. OK, but anyone else? Do you have some random old manness that that's hit you and you were like, I was not expecting this now this early. Um, and Connor, you don't have to talk about your hair loss. That's. That's a given. Not trying to put you on blast either, because no one has more sympathy for that than me. But you rock it, dude. You rock it. Looking good. Next. This is maybe a little bit old news, but Chick-fil-A, I somewhat recently announced that they're going to start doing a, and I only have select stores, a cauliflower instead of a chicken sandwich. It's going to be a cauliflower, quote unquote, chicken sandwich. And obviously, this is a, a pull to maybe bring in 
your vegetarian, so your deer, your antelope, your cows, uh, your rabbits, you know, all the classic vegetarians, and bring them through the line. Uh, it also may in part and parcel be a attempt at, you know, making it, offering a little bit more healthy option. You know, they already have the grilled chicken, they have some decent salad stuff and whatnot. And so, you know, they, they're like, look, nobody's pretending that Chick-fil-A is healthy. And, you know, it's like, it's like pop, right? It's like, oh, you offer a zero sugar diet option, um, which I'm weirdly in a camp of, no, I want the, I want the one that's used with real cane sugar, like the Mexican Coke, because that's at least the most, that's the closest to like whole foods and not a bunch of high fructose corn syrup, even though it's still probably in there and artificial sweeteners. I think long-term those are going to be bad for us, but that you're, if you're going to have sugar, just might as well have real raw sugar. That's my two cents on that. But, but I got to thinking about this and this was another yelling voice dictation note, yelling in the car. And I'm pretty sure my sunroof was open. So people at the stoplight probably could hear me screaming and was like, wow, whoever he's on the phone with is in trouble. (laughs) Joke's on them. I wasn't on the phone with, I'm just crazy. But I feel like this from the health conscious side of things, I feel like this misses the mark a little bit. Like I, especially from a carnivore angle, but beside that, I look at this, I'm like, I think I took this as like them, you know, saying, okay, you know, vegetarian friendly, which in general is goes hand in hand with more healthy, right. By modern standard health standards. And so hearing them say, Hey, yeah, like come be healthy. You know, if you don't want to get a chicken sandwich, get a fried cauliflower sandwich. And I'm like, I think you went for the wrong aspect first. Like there's A, B, C, like in, in a, a list of things of like, all right, first step of it, make this a little bit healthier. What's the first thing we should attack? I feel like the frying, um, the bread, <laughs> you know, whatever's in the breading, there are so many more variables you could have hit before you got to replacing, you know, the meat the most real part of that thing, the least processed part of that thing. Like I'll eat a naked fried chicken sandwich and then I'll eat a naked grilled chicken sandwich, which is just grilled chicken. And so hopefully no one, you've never called it that. Cause I don't call it that. I just say, just give me a filet. If, if you're going to Chick-fil-A, they call them, you know, you can, you can order just the filets. I found out from the app. I don't because it doesn't fill me up and I'd have to get four of them. So I just indulge, but, but you can just get the filet, right? And at that point you're like, why am I even coming to Chick-fil-A if I'm just getting a piece of grilled chicken for four bucks? <laughs> I'll go buy a pack at Walmart, grill them up real nice um, because they're probably still grilled in some seed oil here or something like that. Get my tallow out, my ghee, my grass fed butter, mm, herbs and garlic, put it in a pan, roast it in the oven. Wow, I'm getting hungry. But yeah. I look at that and I'm like, I feel like you went for the wrong thing first. Like if we were going to strip this down piece by piece, starting with the most obvious unhealthy part and going down the chain. To me, I wouldn't start with, eh, we'll make it instead of chicken, we'll use cauliflower. But I know cauliflower is popular for a lot of people like on pizza crusts and things like that. And in certain dishes, you know, it's used to make it more of a gluten free friendly option. And I get that. but in this situation, if you're first thing you need to do is gluten free bread, 
and then gluten-free breading. And then you could maybe look at not using chicken, but chicken's already gluten-free. Have you noticed that, though? I've talked about this before, so I won't belabor this point. But have you, have, is that something that you've noticed in the last, like, 10 years? Now, it feels that unnecessarily so, things are getting labeled as gluten-free. It's like you can go to, you can go to, <laughs> go to Walmart and buy a handheld vacuum, and they're like, gluten-free. And you're like, oh, sweet. Good, because I uh, don't want this, you know, suction messing with my celiacs. Or you like go, go, go. It's like, hey, I want to get into cycling and go buy this bike. And you're there and you're like, hey, is this gluten free? And they're like, oh, yeah, here's a sticker right here. Gluten free bike. And you're like, great. Thanks so much. It's like, hmm, my axe, my head honyak axe. It's gluten free. I'm assuming Nick better be. Because otherwise I'm break out in hives. I, I won't. I'm, I don't have those issues, fortunately. Thank goodness. I love bread. It's great. So next. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Missing. I think they're missing the point. And maybe I'm missing the point. And so you could correct me. Like I said, it's twofold. It's obviously get that vegetarian community in there. And it's like, hey, you want to be an unhealthy vegetarian? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Do it. And it's like, okay, cool. Cool. All right. Final note next. February. Has been, if you're in Oklahoma, holy crap, February. You have been a whirlwind of a month. We got, we got naders a couple days ago. We, we, it's been beautiful and warm, then frigid and cold, and I was left with no pants, no jacket in Corn, Oklahoma a couple of those days because it was beautiful and predicted to be beautiful until the last minute, and then all of a sudden they're like, surprise, we're getting an Arctic blast for three days, and then we go back to beautiful, and then we get tornadoes, and now it's overcast, and we're going to get some more rain going in. We're coming in tornado season as we come into March, but typically to have more of that so as much of that as we did in february this is a little bit early premature and i was talking to maybe my sister about it i was like you know what february is i was like i think i can explain what this crazy weather is in february we're getting february is has little man syndrome and is raging and because when you look at the calendar you look at the months who's the shortest by a long shot by a long shot i mean Two days usually, um, except for every four years is only one day shy. Because the minimum, to me, the minimum standard for a month is thirty days. Some of them have thirty-one. We just we like to be confusing here when we make our calendars. And then every four years, February, they're like, you know, we'll give you one more month, little guy. February is like, thanks, but I'm still pissed and hate you. And I was thinking about it just before the show, and so I wrote this down, and I was like, why? So we have to do the leap year thing, and I forget all the history behind that. So every four years, add a day to keep us on whatever cycle. But then I look at it, and I was like, well, could we have just altered things and either done 29-30 split on the months instead of 30-31? Because it just, February feels so out of place. And to j- it's like you get 28. We're like, all right, 30, 31, here's how you do it. You do the knuckle system. I never learned that. All my... Uh, all the kids in the other class learned that and they all knew it. And I was just like, I just have to try and remember. And so I just do my best to remember. And usually I can get it right. But 30, 31, and like February. And I'm like, mm, you know, February is when my ex-wife was born. And so I just, you know, something about February feels unique. And like it should stand out. So hear me out. We do 
you know, we've been doing 30 and 31. So January is going to have 31. And we've talked about some of the other months too. But February, it just doesn't feel right putting it in that category, putting it in a box, right? It, it needs to stand out, stand alone. So what if we, you know, maybe gave it short into the stick? <clears throat> I mean, made it special. 28 days. So not just, we're not just, because, you know, 29, it might be too close to 30, and people will just think it's a clerical error. But clerical error. But if we only gave it 28, then two days, yeah, we're not going to be that off. Our scribes aren't going to be that off. So we could just do two days difference. And yeah, it'll just be the, it'll just be the short month. It's fine. It's fine. And they're like, this, this doesn't have anything to do with your ex-wife who, who left you for that young buck um, with four kids and no house. This is, you know, her, the fact that your wedding date, your anniversary, her birthday is all in, all in that month and is on what would have been February 30th. No, 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 no. I don't bring personal matters into business. It's purely business. We're setting the world straight with the calendar, okay? So, what do you guys think? And they're like, sounds great to me. We need, one month needs to be unique, special, stand out, be different, you know? Can't, and so we can purvey that message of like, hey, this is, a, this is an exceptional month, an exception to the rule. And then he goes, you know what? And I have, a, have another idea to make it even more unique and special. What if, say every four years, we were just like, hey, you know what, Feb? Because that's what we call him, because we call him Feb, because, you know, we're tight like that. You know what, Feb? You deserve an extra day this year. 29, here you come. And Feb's like, thanks, man. That, you know what? You were just a stand-up guy. You're just a stand-up guy. We're like, we know. We know. But we're humble about it. So there you go, Feb. Every four years, you get an extra day, like clockwork. It'll be great. It'll be great. Great. You'll, you'll have some people born on that day, and so it'll be, even be extra special. And we won't just call that leap day, but a year where that happens gets leap year. You have an impact on what we call that entire year. So pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. And Feb's like, wow, that's incredible. It's such an honor. I mean, I'm so glad you chose me over anyone else. And then they start playing him off the stage because his speech gets too long. It's not really a stage. It's just a conference room. But here we are, meeting of the months. Yeah. Real talk about this, though. I kind of look at this and I'm like, look, I could not do any better at all. But I just like it feels and someone who's maybe not more knowledgeable in calendorical history. And I, I believe we're technically on the Gregorian calendar. And there's some places like Ethiopia, look it up, who are on a different calendar. It's like 20. It's like 2015, according to the Ethiopian calendar. And there's a couple other places like that, too, because we, we, we had a friend. And she was, you know, four or five years younger than us. And we're like, she's like, what year are you born? We're like, 1993. And she's like, I was born in 1993. And we looked at each other like, no, you weren't. You're, you're like five years younger than us. And then she, that's when she explained, oh, no. She's from Ethiopia. And she goes, no, 1993. And she showed us, sure enough, crazy thing. But, yeah, this got me, this whole, this whole debacle got me thinking. I was like, all right, so we got it set up. And we decided, I was like, did they just like round numbers? And they went, we need 365. 66 is off, 64 is too little, 65, a good round number. For that to happen, we're going to go 30, 31, except for February, we're going to cut two days off. 
or three, depending on your perspective. And we'll call it good. And every and then they went down the road and they're like, crap, this is really screwing things up. Okay, well, what if every four years we just slapped another day on February? And they're like, great, that would be awesome. That'll fix it and just confuse everyone. And I'm like, so could we have just shifted to a 2930 model and been good? Or do we need to shave off a day, add a day on as far as how many days are in a year? What's going on is my basic question. And I'm sure there's, there's real explanations for all of this. I'm not going to look into those. Someone can send me some clips of someone explaining it. And you know what I'm still going to say? Well, I see their reasoning, but much like someone I know who decided to say the idiot thing of, I was once a mayor of a small town for eight years. That helps me be the secretary of transportation in this, in this major disaster. All that experience from small town mayorship, just as idiotic as that would be, I would look at this and be like, feels like you maybe could have done this a little bit, a little bit more uniformly. But I know there's like lunar calendar because that's what, what they do in China and whatnot, and the lunar new year, all that stuff. It's all confusing. It's all confusing. So, I mean, at this point, we're so far along, it would screw people up more to not shift to it. Just like if America tried to go metric, from a functional standpoint, it makes more sense because it goes by tens. But we're stubborn, and also we are too far down that river to turn back now. We went over the falls of, we went over several big falls where there's no, there's no paddling up those, picking up our boat and hiking back up and taking the left at the fork instead of the right. We're here. We're going to ride this river out. Speaking of out, time to close out the show. That was, that was a fun one. Uh, I think I found my new transition word. It's just next. So I won't say that for the final thing, but I want to thank you guys for listening this Friday. Hopefully you had a great week. If not, maybe this lifted your spirits a tad bit. Gave you, gave you some fun stuff to think about, laugh about, respond to as we go into the weekend. Hopefully you have a great weekend. I'm looking forward to it myself. And don't forget, March 15th, 99 cents is all. Go support a small business. Uh, my friend Connor launching his book. So it doesn't. I don't know how this works. He'll explain it when he comes on, but it's the pre pre launch sale. So it goes on sale and you can get it for 99 cents on March 15th. Let's get him up there to be a number one bestseller, to be a best selling author, to help jumpstart his business. And then shoot, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, you'll start a business someday and you'll use his services and be like, Hey, I have your, I read your book and I wanted to start a business. Rising tide lifts all boats folks. So be on the lookout for that. First episode of Blessings from Tragedy is officially out. It is my sister's COVID college experience. And if you've listened to it, great. But if uh, just share it around. If you haven't, go give that a listen. Every Friday for Blessings from Tragedy. I'm going to keep doing three a week over here on this podcast until otherwise notice, notified. That was a weird phrase. And uh, remember, you may not be vegan, but you're probably vegan adjacent. So that'll do it for me. Go follow the show on Facebook, Instagram. So we're posting uh, new episodes and all sorts of different things. Go follow Blessings from Tragedy. Go follow the link and join Connor's, fa- oh gosh, book launch Facebook group. There we go. Sorry, bud. You asked me to, pr- to promo it and even come on the pod. 
well, this is what you get. You ask me to do something, I'm gonna. You get what you get. All right, but it's authentic at the very least. So go support him. Share him around. If you know someone that could um, spare fifteen or thirty minutes to do a quick interview for his book, send him my way. Send send him his way. Join the the Facebook group for the book launch so you can be notified of all the upcoming things. Vote on even maybe the cut co- the cover. With the, he's done some votes on that. So you the people get some say in deciding what his book cover should be. Real exciting time, right? We're trying to get as many people as possible. Get him a best-selling author. Get this thing done. Come on, Han Yacord. I know you can do it. But share the show with a friend. Share it around. Go leave a review. Let's build and grow the Han Yacord. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you here next time on the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Han Yacord signing off.